Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. A quick note before we get into the episode... Oversharing is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical or psychological advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or mental health professional. Hello, and welcome back to Oversharing. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Naomi Bernstein. We're back. So today is our third episode, but it is our first episode that we're recording after we told people about this podcast. And I have to say the response I got was like, really incredible. A lot of people really excited about it. It's our first episode we're recording with like real emails meant to be sent to this exact podcast. So it's very exciting thing. I mean, like before you you launch anything, you get like a little bit of like an anxiety that like that one, no one's going to like the idea, but worse than that, that no one's going to care. So this was great. (laughs) No, I'm really excited to hear from real people. And and you sent me all you know, all this stuff that you were getting. And I was really psyched to hear from the real listeners and find out what's going on for them and get into helping them. That's what I'm here for. You know, like, yeah, it's it's fun. And it's funny. But I really want to help people and find out what you're struggling with. And let's fix it for them. Yeah. And I got so many responses being like you were like their favorite guests on all the shows that you've been on. So I'm sure people are really excited to get to hear from you on a regular cadence. And again, Thank you guys for listening. By this time, you're we're three weeks in. So please send us your original emails and your original, you know, we're going to have a segment at the end that you've been hearing triggered. Anything that's triggering you, email us oversharing at betches.com, oversharing at betches.com. And if you have been listening now for a few weeks and you really like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and We'd love to hear what you think. We're always open to constructive feedback. If you have something mean to say, um, just tell your own therapist about it. But if you have something <laughs> constructive to say, either DM me or email yes. the podcast or leave a constructive review and still give it five stars. I agree. But totally, I love feedback. So put it in the DMs. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. I start every new therapy session with a new patient and tell them basically... If there's something that's not working, let me know. I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what works for you and what doesn't unless we talk about it. So, I mean, that could be probably an episode in itself. Like, because I feel like, I mean, I'm I'm not sure if you're like this. I'm like this. I think we were talking about this kind of last week where we were talking about how giving feedback is like, you know, sort of like it's so much easier to just like keep going with the thing that you're doing and not give feedback. Like when you get a haircut and you're like, Oh my God, that happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh, it looks I great. It. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get home and cry to my husband. This was the worst haircut. Well, it's like, I think very, it's very tough to be able to like, I think there's a fear of like sounding, I guess, like some people don't have this fear at all, but I'm always like, I don't want to be like annoying or like, I don't want to mm-hmm. pretend I know what I'm doing more than you know what you're doing. And probably, right. especially with a the therapist, like... I've had definitely had difficulty giving feedback to my therapist, but they're always like open to it. But I don't know. I think that's a big, that's a big fear of mine. So I imagine just saying 
what you want is difficult. But I do feel like if you if you present it in a nice way, that's not like a rude way, like people are pretty receptive, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think most of the time, I also think, again, putting it out there in the beginning, I think I even said it, you know, to Sean in the beginning, basically, let me know, you know, the, the producer of the show, let me know what's working, let me know what's not working. I, I like to put that out there to people in general, and it just makes it much easier for them to come back and say, okay, you asked for it, here it is. And then, especially in therapy, what that does is it brings real life stuff into the therapy room. Like, right. you're a little anxious, I'm a little anxious. How do we communicate when we're anxious? And you can kind of do that in the therapy room. That's good practice, right? Yeah, good practice for like a real life thing where you're uncomfortable telling someone something, but you have to do it anyway. For this show, put it in the DMs if it's bad. Yes. <laughs> put it on the public if it's good. It's good, yeah. Have you heard, um, so when you when your patients give you feedback, are they, what kind of feedback are they giving you? Um, the ones who take you up on it and the, who aren't just silently sitting there hoping you would do something different? Yeah, somebody might say like, I was offended by this thing or I, but when you said that, it made me feel you think this about me or it made me feel you think that about me or, you know, people are, are reading, just, reading really that. into what I think, because as a therapist, I want to kind of put it on them. I don't give very directive advice. So I think sometimes it goes through the filter and comes out on the other end is what you were really trying to say was you handled that completely wrong. And that was the stupidest thing. Right. They like project with their their fear of what they're saying probably is onto like what you actually think of them. Right. So sometimes they'll say, I, you know, it felt like you were thinking this about me or um, you were judging me or, you know, whatever it might be, just something that I might have said that might have been offensive or, and right. I mean, look, it doesn't happen often because I, like you said, I think even though I'm putting it out there, a lot of people, like you said, they don't want to hurt my feelings or they just don't want conflict. They just don't want that feeling of having to sit in a space with someone where there's some discomfort. Right. There's some sort of like confrontation, even if it's small or constructive. But that's like where the best stuff happens. You you notice that you're I in know. conflict. You notice you're feeling a little anxious. You breathe. You calm down, and you like work through it. And then the next time, it's much easier. And then you can have these beautiful relationships. And the podcast is going to be amazing because we're getting all the feedback. <laughs> right. I guess the fear is like if you're not the more emotionally healthy someone is, like the best conflict resolution situations you get. Do you know what I mean? When both people are like. Yeah, like I just want like pot, like I just want the feedback to make this better, but like I feel like most people have some air of like defensiveness or like yeah. irritation with being critiqued. Mm -hmm. Even though the so like occasionally you'll get like, "Oh, I didn't know you wanted me to do it like that. Of course I'll do it like that." Mm -hmm. But sometimes, but I feel like maybe not sometimes. I would say like 60% of the time there's someone who's like, "Well, why would I like, well, you d you did this, so that's why I did that." Or like Totally. You know I mean? Yeah, I agree. So in real life, a lot of times it's harder because if someone is very, I think most of it comes from being triggered or being insecure, or if you're not insecure, then it's not going to bother you to the point where it's going to get you aggravated. But it's a good place. Sometimes you have to have that conversation, let it sit. You know, maybe someone gets aggravated, they get off the phone quickly, or they, you know, walk away, or they change the topic, and then you can kind of sit with it reflect. And oftentimes, I think if it's a good, like you said, if it's a healthy person or a good friend or a romantic partner that's interested in repairing the relationship, mm -hmm. come back and say, okay, I thought about it and you're right. Or I thought right. about it and I was defensive or, but I do agree. The initial instinct is to tighten up. Be and, like, yeah. Right. Well, like 
Yeah, I think that that's a thing. It's funny that that's the feedback you get. I remember in therapy, my feedback was like, I want you to like be like more judgmental. Oh, say more. Yeah. 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 I think I was like, I want you to like not just tell me like I'm amazing or like not like um, make it like like if it's not if it's if it's me, like I want you to tell me it's me. Oh, right. 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 Don't sugarcoat. Like, it Lay like it too on. Many instances where it's not me. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good, I guess. But yeah, I've I've heard that feedback. I think when people come in and they say it hasn't worked out with a, a prior therapist, and I'm looking for somebody new, and a lot of times they'll ask, "Well, what? How did you feel about it? What wasn't working?" Because that's my insight off the bat into what was working and what wasn't working. And a lot of times they'll say they just kind of sat there, or they didn't say right. enough, or they didn't you know, they just listened, which is obviously we're taught that's like the number one thing you're right. supposed to do, but people are looking for feedback, you know? Right. And I'm sure, again, it's not like a therapy is one size fits all. I'm sure there are people who just want someone to like mostly listen with like not that much input. It probably totally. depends what you what you need. Yeah. But we've got some great emails. Again, these are real emails from you guys. So I'm excited to get into them. And it's just really, it's really great to see, you know, the Batch's listeners having an outlet for all of their interpersonal relationships. And we've gotten emails on like the gamut of everything. Yeah, I love it. From like unwanted house guests to mother-in-laws to sibling relationships and that's what we live for here in here in oversharing it's true there is nothing better than feeling yourself especially when your denim looks and feels good that's why lee is a staple in my wardrobe because everyone is an icon in their own right and lee makes denim so you can own your style and feel good about it I got a few Lee pieces that I absolutely love. They've been a a wardrobe staple of mine ever since I got them. I just keep basically like switching between the two or three jeans that I got. Every time that I wash them, they get more comfortable and they get more fitted and more flattering to me. I love that they flatter every body type. They're timeless. So you can wear them at any point. I love that the jeans feel like comfortable yet flattering. I don't know how they do it. It's actually an art and they've mastered it. Leah's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I can't say how many times I've thought, I just wish I had one more hour in this day. I probably do a different thing with it every day. Some days I would probably call a friend, catch up. Other days I would take a long nap. But either way, an extra hour would always really help me out. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I personally have been to therapy for many years and it has been so, so helpful, not only in prioritizing what I want, what I want to spend my time on, how I want to live, but also helping me optimize my relationships and use that time more wisely, like use that time to create better bonds with people, more intimate experiences. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Overshare today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Overshare. It's time for today's Overshare email of the week presented by BetterHelp. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself. That's where BetterHelp comes in. Check out BetterHelp and get matched with a licensed therapist today. Today we are talking about finding your way in someone else's family and also feeling sexually insecure in our second email. So email us your overshare to oversharing at Betches.com. Okay. Dear Jordana and Dr. Naomi, super excited for this pod. This is exactly what my weekly pod rotation needs. Let's get into it. My fiance and I have been together for six years since college. He's the oldest and only boy with three younger sisters. He is, without a doubt, the crowned prince of his family. His mom and sisters adore him and have always depended on him for everything. He's an awesome person, so I get it. One of his sisters attended the same college as us, and before we dated, we all ran in similar circles. She and I got along well enough, definitely more acquaintances than friends. Before we dated, my friends and I would joke about his sister being overly obsessed with him. If he was talking to a girl at a party... She would be lingering and then try to force a friendship with the girl later. It was no big deal, just something we'd laugh about. Okay. Yeah, I was that one, that was interesting. I think that's a thing. I think that's with a sisters? thing with like sisters in college and brothers right. and like dating. I think there's a little bit of a um I'd be I'd be interested to hear more about this. I don't know if you had any of that when you were in college. Like sisters being a little bit um you know, having feeling away about their brothers dating mm -hmm. um, and maybe even the other way around brothers may be feeling away about their sisters dating. But I do think perhaps the former, I do think there's almost like a, sometimes in a family, it's sort of like you want the person to be like overly nice to you because you want them to feel like they're like trying to impress you trying, and right. or in a college situation. And I had this with my college boyfriend's girlfriend where it's like, if you don't, if you're not, do I feel like you're like going out of your way to like be super friend? I think she didn't like me, but I'm Wait, not your that college boyfriend's sister is what yes, you Yes, also say. went to the same college as us. And I don't right. like, we were like fine, but I don't think she was like particularly. Um, yeah, there's like a little, a little wall up. Yeah, they're very close. And it's almost like you've got to go above and beyond in, the, in some senses and the younger you are the less you're like kind of aware that right. maybe that that's what they want and you're just kind of like well sister is really obsessed with him like that's right thing. right right <laughs> right so yeah i um i always say this but like i'd love to hear from the other side you know i'd love to hear from right that someone who has a brother who had a girlfriend and like kind of how what that process was especially if you yeah gone to therapy on it and you figured it out and now you'd like to tell us your conclusion that i'd like to hear totally um, so email us um at oversharing at badges.com with a story about your brother's bitchy girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> okay there's more when we started dating i thought i knew the extent of what i was in for when she found out we were together she spiraled tried to talk him out of it and said that no one in his family would like me. She would show up drunk wherever we were and ultimately pull him away and cry about how she felt like she was losing him and I was a bad person, etc. It was just a lot. She spread her dislike of me to the rest of her family and set the tone for a very rough three-year period. 
I know this was not all about me. We later found out she was having mental health struggles during this time. I didn't handle myself perfectly either. Having someone so blatantly dislike me hurt. I wanted my significant other's family to like me, and the whole situation left me annoyed and frustrated. I regret the times I rolled my eyes at her and wish I had the maturity at 20 that I do now, but it is what it is. Okay. So, yeah, I think college in the 20s and 20, you know, women in their 20s, I think pretty much across the board, have a, it's really hard to be confident and not let your insecurities blind your decision making. So that was probably happening on both. Totally. Ends. Or to not be like, it, like to have the maturity, I think, too, to be like looking at the situation as a whole and like the empathy of looking at how someone else would feel yes. in the same situation is not definitely not something I had in college. Yes. So. And you're in this group of girlfriends that are all just um, kind of fueling the fire, I think, sometimes and not totally creating a situation where you're like, well, look at it from her side. Like nobody's saying that. <laughs> You know? No one wants to hear that. Right, right, right. right. It's kind of um, like also like a bonding thing with other people. It's like talking shit about yes. someone else. So yeah. it almost feels it feels almost like a nice little like scratching a nice little itch. Be like, <laughs> to, right? Mean, like, what a bitch! Like, yeah, it's her again or yes. something. Do you know what I yes. mean? It does bond you in a way, even yeah. though it's like a little fucked up. But yeah, I'm being flooded with all those memories from college of like you know just being a little bit of a mean girl and you know, ganging oh, totally. up on somebody. And, I can't you know. imagine you being a mean girl. I, w- I was so like weird. in the background of it. it I wasn't, it was more <laughs> like, like, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly me. I watched other people. Yes. I watched other people be mean and I probably had like mean thoughts and maybe got a little bit of that, like scratching of the itch, but I, I right. wasn't like the main participator in that. But I do think that right. there was my internal thoughts were not kind at times. Totally. It's kind of fun to be like in a click. Right. Yeah. And part of that clickiness, because it gives you a feeling of belonging, especially if you're like away from your other friends or your family. So like, I guess part of that feeling is like we all hate the same people. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I'd love to tackle that because it's so it's like a cultural, you know, it's just. It's like true. A, it goes to politics. It goes to like. Yeah. Um, it could be anything that does stick with you in other ways. But in college, I feel like that's your friends are your whole life, too. Right. You're supposed to go to college and like find yourself and be mature, but you're really practicing these really harmful, like ganging up on one sided, right. you know, in group out group. Yes. In group out group stuff. So let's, let's help people so we could heal the world. That's for a different episode. We'll delve into that. Yes. (laughs) All right. Let's see. As we got more serious, it turned into constant battles with his mom about every little thing. We miss a routine dinner at his grandma's to attend my cousin's birthday party. Huge fight. We plan a trip to Europe with some friends. How dare you? We move in together. All hell broke loose. I could go on. It really came down to not being ready to have her son grow up and become an independent person, but instead the blame was on me. His mom would send sporadic long text about how she stays up all night crying and is so devastated that he no longer cares about his family. Every decision he made would remind him of how hurt she was. The bright side to all of this is that my fiance handled it all amazingly, set firm and much needed boundaries with his family and stuck to them even when they hurled hurtful comments at him. You're selfish. You don't care about anyone but yourself. You're a different person, etc. When another sister sent me a long, mean message about how I had torn their family apart and to stay away from them, my offense was that we spent Christmas Eve with my family and Christmas Day with his. He reiterated his boundaries and protected me. It's so interesting. I wonder if that was her actual offense or if that is like 
you know, mm-hmm. that her version yes. of the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible. I can't imagine your someone's sister would care that much. They like were only there for one. Like there had obviously there's some there's something in that fight that like she left out. I doubt the whole family was like and they went one yeah, day with her family. Maybe, but let's say Christmas Eve is like their thing, you know, I and guess. he wasn't there and they're already like upset they probably spent all of christmas eve like shit talking her right and like <laughs> it's funny that in this case the in group is the family right you know right yeah that's something yes. that like it's weird because like families in groups are like such a, a range of ages a range of genders and like it could probably still really feel really good as a family to be like well she's not in our family right or like yep. <laughs> you know what i mean I totally i think it's per- it's a perfect uh example of that for sure After a period of limited contact turned into COVID, turned into us moving across the country, things are now much better. We're on good terms with everyone and time has healed a lot. We live far away now, but when we do visit, we can all be together and talk and laugh like things are normal. Except I'm still extremely hurt at how I was treated by his mom and sisters, particularly by his one sister spreading that I was a bad person for no reason and by the other sister's really hurtful text blaming everything on me and telling me never to talk to the youngest again. I know I need to let it go, but I just feel like I got treated like I was some evil, heartless bitch whose goal was to steal him from them, but that's never been true. I always encouraged him to reach out to his sisters, especially the younger ones, when he was most upset by his mom's controlling and gaslighty behaviors. I reminded him that she loves him and she just didn't know how to handle the difficulty of her son growing up in a healthy way. I still get so anxious before going to family events because the feeling of having to be around people who hate me and think I stole away their golden boy sucks. I need advice. I've spent the last six years trying not to make this about me. I've supported him and helped him have a good relationship with his family and things have really gotten better. He's always been great back to me. We have good communication between us and I love the life we have together. Despite this, no matter how hard I try, I can't shake the hurt feelings. It feels like his family is just pretending nothing ever happened. He knows how I feel and has offered to bring up that they owe us both an apology, but I always tell him not to because I don't want to exacerbate things. Now the first sister has a serious significant other that they all adore, and that just makes me feel worse. All the siblings have now had to face their mom's controlling behavior, and there seems to be an unspoken understanding now that it wasn't really my fiance not loving them. I just need advice on how to proceed with how to heal my hurt feelings. Should we go over the questions one by one? Sure. Yeah. Because she sure. has uh, she has four questions. She has four questions. Let's help her. Before we get into them, what do you make yeah. of the situation like on the whole? I think they all were going through. I, I mean, this is all from her perspective. So I think from the family, I think she was right on. They're just going. He was probably the first one to have a serious relationship. And it does change the family dynamic. And that's really hard. You know, they were, right. didn't handle it well, but that's. You know, think about it. You have your little core group, like you said, of your family from the time you're little. And then all of a sudden, there's like you have a choice to accept this outsider in or let him kind of be with her without. It's just it's hard on their end, I think, to accept a change. Now that I'm, you know, older and I have kids, I can kind of relate to that side a little bit more of like, it's going to be hard when things change. And there's, you know, the, the dynamic is different yeah but they did not handle it well i mean it seemed like their mom had this like alpha sort of like sort of she was kind of the person almost like 
going like who's like spearheading this thing and it's interesting to see how like family dynamics change and i think we can relate to that and you know as the kids are getting older like the first one is almost like in some ways being the oldest is like the toughest that way because you get like you have to deal with like adjusting them to like Mm -hmm. how things are going to be and then if you're a younger sibling you're like well i've already been like you know what i mean like now I now I see what you meant and you already have someone like right. on your side yes. for that kind of thing who's like, yeah, mom is crazy. Maybe she's we shouldn't be blindly just listening to everything she says or right. you know what I mean? And that yes. seems like that's also kind of what happened here. And she was the one who had to like break her in. Yes, totally. And And she had her army behind her on the first one. So it's even harder. Like for number one, even if mom didn't come around to it, she had all the sisters on her side in the beginning. And then after one by one, they all experienced it. By the time you get to the youngest, even if she is still feeling that way, she doesn't have like her army fighting for right. her, you know? And it's interesting. Like you could have like, it's an imagining the same scenario where like you have a negative thought about your, your son's girlfriend and you start talking shit about her to your like daughters mm-hmm. in a different scenario, like in the situation where it's never happened before and the girls are blindly trusting the mom it creates this like, okay, this enemy of the family. But in a different scenario where like the kids maybe have a more healthy relationship and boundaries from their mom, then you have a situation where they're like, you're being a little tough on her. Yes. Or you're, you know what I mean? And then it almost like, she might not even hate them as much. Like you do like, you know what I mean? Like it seems like them all like fueling each other up. Yes. And then, because I've had that before where I've had like a little bit of a negative thought about something. And then depending on who I tell, whether they're like, yep, yeah, that was fucked up or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's going to change the whole course of how you (laughs) handle it. That first call, you know, if the first call fuels you up, then you're off to the races. If the first call is like, well, I don't know. I mean, what did she really do that was so terrible? Then you kind of take that step back. That's why it's so nice to have a therapist, especially one that like knows how to handle you in that way. Right. Because you can like air those thoughts with someone who one has nothing to do with the situation and like doesn't care, like doesn't affect them at all either way. So they have no reason to not tell you like an unbiased opinion. Right. Yep. But it's funny how in the same situation, if someone was like, well, you're being a little tough on them, you might be like completely it might have completely avoid a uh, a whole thing totally and i think the sister they said the sister was struggling with mental health issues she was probably maybe really lean, needing the brother in that moment or leaning on him and so the mom dealing with him having a serious girlfriend combined with the sister they probably were just like fireworks you know the two of them together and then i totally. think it's a good point they probably fueled each other up Let's get through her questions. She says, should I continue to push my feelings on this aside and act like none of this ever happened? So I don't think so. It seems like it's been quite some time and she's, it's still bothering her. Like I'm always let it sit for a minute and if it can go away on its own, then let it go away on its own. But this seems like it's been like years or something, or at least several months and it's still bothering her. So I, my feeling is there should, needs to be some communication. I don't think demanding an apology is the way to do it but i could agree especially if they're like engaged and they're going to be married forever so should something something should probably be done so it doesn't like fester into some sort of like intense resentment so which leads us to our next question should i let my fiance bring up these old wounds with the hopes of trying to come to some conclusion i mean i think one thing she could do 
if they live across the country and they only see each other every once, you know, a couple times a year, twice then you year, just, yeah, yeah, twice a year or whatever, then you just suck. And she doesn't, if she doesn't care about having a real intimate, you know, connected relationship with his family, or if he doesn't care about that, then right. maybe you let it lie. But if she, if he cares and he wants them to be close and she would like to be close, then I think you have to have this conversation. But should he bring it up or should she bring it up? I kind of feel like he should bring it up because it's his family and like, no. Like, yeah. I mean, I think, I think ideally it would happen like in person one day when things are warm and fuzzy and all is great and everyone's like kind of feeling a little somewhat connected, like she said, to just say, you know, I'm so glad that things are so much better between us. It was really hard for me when, you know, there was all that tension before we moved. And just kind of put it out there and see if you can open up the door a little bit to maybe they might come out with, yeah, you know, we really had a hard time adjusting to him, you know, meeting you or whatever. Maybe it would be. Right. Well, what if they shut that down and sort of just change the subject? Eesh. So if they totally shut it down, I think she could give one last try to say, you know, like, I've really been thinking about this and I'd love to just talk about it because I was hurt by some of the things that happened. And if that's shut down, then that's, I think, then that's just that. There's nothing. You know? Right. And then you've attempted it and then you can, like, yeah. if nothing else, just kind of make peace with the fact that you tried. But I feel like most people, especially like if you said it like that, which is a much more mature way than I would probably come out with it, was like, you know, years ago when you did this, it like, because like yours is very, it's not even like, it's not even assigning any blame. It's really just saying like tension, which could like sort of right. like is a mutual thing. Right. It doesn't feel like it's, you know, when you caught what she wants to say, which is like when you caused all this tension. Totally. It's a very open way of, you know, starting it. But what it could also start another fight, though, them being like, yeah, actually, like now remembering how you tore the family apart, I'm really annoyed. Yeah, but the way <laughs> she describes it, I just don't see it going that way. She says that they're better and that, you know, that they've kind of, there's an unspoken thing that their mom is a little bit controlling. I think it would be best to do it with the sis, with like a one, pick one right. first, your best bet, your one that you're getting the best vibes from. Maybe the one with the boyfriend. Yeah, maybe the one with the boyfriend. I would pick that one first, go there, see how that conversation goes. But asking for an apology, I do not recommend that as an initial strategy because that's like, you were bad, you owe me an apology. No, Like we talked about in the beginning, nobody ever kind of takes that type of feedback very well, right. I don't think. But yeah, I think this needs to come out. And I think it might be best to do it like the boyfriend, even if they did like, you know, her and her boyfriend and like the sister and his boyfriend or not. You don't need the, boy the sister's boyfriend there. That might not be. I guess you could do a double date and just let the, the sister's boyfriend sit back and have no idea what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, I guess depends on yeah. how like in he is. In but the know. Yeah. I would do it. Maybe the both of them with one family member um, or even I think it would be fine if she had the courage to do it. Just her and the sister alone. But it would probably feel easier if he was there. Right. Um, you think it has to be in person? I would, I mean, if they're, if she's bothering her, they're not going to see her for six months, then maybe not. It's a weird call to get like, Hey, just want to talk about the tension yeah, from, <laughs> from years ago. three years ago. Right. Totally. Right. So yeah, in person would probably be ideal. Or maybe if they do like FaceTime chats or, um, I don't know what that's like. But. Yeah. I guess you could say like, 
you know, and because I can also see how it'd be like kind of feel kind of random. Like, why are you bringing this up? Right. And I think the way, I mean, maybe you could phrase it just like, you know, like, especially they're engaged. So she's like, I'm so excited to, I'm sure there's like stuff for an events and stuff around there. Oh, did they say that? I missed that. I think oh. she said my fiance, right? Oh, in the beginning. Okay. Oh yeah. It might be right. So, so there's going to be a wedding and I assume there's going to be other events and you could say like, I like a little compliment sandwich too of like, yes. so excited to join your family. False. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for the wedding, and right? For everyone to be together. Yes, yeah, truth, right? <laughs> um, I'd love to close the door on just like you know. Obviously, we've been together together. In the beginning, it was it was kind of tense. I would love to just like close the door on that whole thing because right. we're going to be in each other's lives for so long. Yeah, we never really talked about that. Yeah, like that kind of thing. And then I think that's a good like again non-intense way of going about it and again if you make it about yourself of like i just want to feel like you know i'm i'm going into this family with nothing like with no like lingering issues and i'm you know i want to i want this to be a great situation for everyone i want everyone to have really fun at the wedding and i'd love to just like get this off my chest and then we can like move on yeah Totally. And I think even like I said, just doing it when they are getting along being like, this is so great. Like, I really am so glad that things are better between us as like an entry point into so it doesn't feel as like out of the blue. Right. You know, and they might be happy. They might actually in some scenarios, not all someone might be like happy you brought it up so they can like have an opening to if they feel bad, say that like, because Sometimes that's on the other case where it's kind of like, oh, I feel like I like didn't treat you well, but I'm not. What am I going to like bring yes. it up and then not treat and then feel like bringing you back to a time that was like tense and weird? Maybe you don't want that either. So sometimes people welcome that and they're like, I'm just glad you said something like yeah. I, I've been meaning to say. Or yeah, I re- haven't really does. I mean, I don't have all the information, but the way she describes the shift and their awareness and the change, it does seem like they would be very receptive to this and probably don't want to have tension. And like you said, this other boyfriend came in and got to like, everyone adores him because they kind of paved the way. So I think that they're ready to do that now and have come to terms with the family of origin shifting. And they just probably need to put that into words with each other. Yeah. And who knows, maybe you could become closer. Yeah. That like, as things change and, Maybe you have a lot more to relate to the sister on because she's in this serious relationship now and like could be totally different. Totally. I mean, two young 20 something women, or it sounds like more than that, maybe even like three or four, you know, women in their early 20s that are trying to find themselves and all like interacting in that way. Now, if they're a little bit older and out of college and more mature, I think they could probably handle this. They probably feel the same way that they could have handled it differently. I totally agree. But I think we helped this person. And thank you for writing in. Brother Stealing Batch is her sign off. Um, I love the sign offs. They're always really good. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. If you try it, we could do an episode on uh, what happens if people took the the advice. I love those. Oh, I would love that. That's it for today's Overshare presented by BetterHelp. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. 
Oversharing listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash oversharing. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash oversharing. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly has a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Get fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code OVERSHARING20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code OVERSHARING20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, with code OVERSHARING20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We've got another email. This one was like, I felt really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like this email. I honestly, I think this is a thing also. So I'm glad she wrote in. Great. And I think a lot of people have felt this way and are feeling this way currently. So Yeah. And this one is about like pregnancy and sort of like sexuality, I guess, surrounding that and a lot of different things going on. But I'll just get into it. I'll just read the email so that we have the full context. Yeah, let's do it. My husband and I have wanted to get pregnant for a while, and I finally got pregnant. I'm about six months along. Obviously, my body has changed a lot. I haven't gained an excessive amount of weight, but I am bigger. For the past couple of months, my husband has been lovingly affectionate, but very little sexual play has been happening. We've had sex three times in the past month with zero foreplay, and I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> I've chalked it up to my body changing and he's just not into it. Whatever. I know I'm not super attractive right now, but recently he said some hurtful things and chalked them up to jokes. For example, I shouldn't wear a two-piece bathing suit this summer. I don't need any snacks on a scale. His attraction towards me would be a negative number. That's rude. What Did he say that? <laughs> wow. Or is she saying that? She's saying, she's saying, for example, I shouldn't yeah. wear two-piece bathing suits this summer. I don't need any snacks on a scale. On a scale, his attraction towards me would be a negative number. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, I'm at a point where I'm pretty hurt and finally said something. He brushed it off as me being sensitive and not getting his humor. It's really weird. Okay. Yeah. He never made any jokes about my body or appearance prior to pregnancy, and I'm trying to rationalize if I am being a little too sensitive. Am I letting my own insecurities get the best of me, or is he being a jerk? How can I get my husband to understand that now is not the time to make these comments or so-called jokes? 
Thanks for all you do. Sexually and emotionally frustrated whale. Oh, oh you are so, not a whale. Sad. You're beautiful just the way you are. And you're growing a human. And I, you have a right to be hurt by yeah. all this. Um, I mean, this seems very messed up. I Obviously, like, we're only getting her side. But, yes. like, from what she's saying, it sounds pretty, like, not nice or like definitely would make it would make i think it would make any single person feel insecure especially if like they're pregnant and going through a thing and i also think even on a wider scale i think a lot of people struggle even if they're not pregnant with like how to like get their partners to say things to them that they want to be said or like you know act a certain way that they're that they're feeling like get them to either compliment them or touch them or do something in a way that they want because i think everyone does like need different things when it comes to like feeling sexually attracted to someone or feeling like the other person is interested in you. Yeah, totally. I I mean, I agree. I think there's two different issues going on here. One is like the frequency and the quality of the sex. And then the other one are these kind of hurtful comments. So the hurtful comments, I think she, you know, she spoke to him about it already. And it sounds like he maybe got a little bit defensive and said, I'm just joking and wasn't super empathic about how it made her feel. So I might try that again, if it's continuing, like if he's continuing to make those comments, maybe he's not since she said something, which would be great, even though he was probably defensive and not super empathic towards her, maybe he'll stop, which would be great. But then what what if he does stop? And she's like, well, he still feels that way. Right. Even if he likes to, you know what I mean, I think that's also probably another thing in the back of her head of like, one, she's probably picking up on these comments because she feels insecure about how she mm-hmm. looks, which again is completely normal, I would imagine, in that scenario. Right. But like, and then you're kind of like, oh, he's not making the comments because I told him not to make the comments. Right. But, like, but he still thinks that's I'm still a how whale <laughs> or however right. she feels about herself. Right. And I mean, that's, I guess, the other thing is like, is it okay if he is less attracted to her pregnant? Is that an okay thing? Like, is that all right? Yeah. Like, can we, I mean, can you help that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think for men, and again, I always want to hear the other side. If there's male listeners out there and your, you know, s- sexual relationship changed during pregnancy, we'd love to hear your perspective on that and what that's like for you. I do think there's a lot of things that can go into it. You know, I think a lot of men have a hard time. It's, I don't, I really don't necessarily think it's because she gained weight. A lot of men almost have a hard time seeing the mother of their child as a sex object. It's like two separate, like once you are, I think they can get over it, but when there's literally a, like you can see the form of the child, it sort of is like, it's hard to, for some men. Yeah. It (laughs) seems like the baby's in the room, like, you know, here like right. you know there's no privacy or even just this concept of being a mother changes their perception of their wife from being like more sexual to being more maternal so i think there's a period of adjustment that happens there and so it's you know for her to take i think she's jumping to the conclusion and i could see why if he's making comments about um how is his attraction to her is negative That's right like- Or that, you know, even just like her weight, that maybe it's like about her weight, but it might not necessarily be her weight. It might just be like the shifting role for him from sexual partner to mother. So that might be part of it too. But yeah, I mean, and I think there is something 
that changes for a woman with pregnancy where you might be, you know, more in the mood for sex. And he, at the same time that he's less in the mood for sex, or he's not, you know, he's having a hard time with this shift that makes it feel like you're on different ends of the world. So, yeah. So I guess like, I mean, obviously you want to have like a real conversation about like, there's like two, like you said, there's two things. There's like the comments that are hurtful and then the feeling that he might be less attracted to her. Right. And she also wants more sex. Oh, that too. So there's three things. Right. Right. So the comments are obviously like unnecessary no matter how he feels. Right. Yeah. That's like almost like regardless of his feelings. Like everyone yes. is entitled to their feelings, but they're not entitled to like make hurtful comments based on those feelings. And I would imagine, again, there's probably like, like you said, there's the desexualization of the mom and maybe just like the fear that things will kind of like, maybe he's again, even if, let's say, let's say he is just less attracted sexually because of the pregnancy maybe he has the fear that like you'll always look like this or like that like again like that his the wife that he had before is gone and this is him like sort of how he's verbalizing the fear by making those comments of like hey like please come back when you're done which is right. again like, <laughs> right right a little messed up and yeah like, but i could i mean it's kind of like i understand the idea of like this person's looks are are changing and i'm a little scared of that right like it's not really a pc thing to say yeah right like no one it's not really a socially acceptable feeling to say i'm worried that my wife's looks will change and i won't be attracted to her right because there is a thing that you know women you know after they have kids their body changes so that might be a fear for him too. And I do think like having conversations about it is helpful. I, I'm sure he has a perspective here that's, you know, maybe she's not being super healthy or maybe she is just kind of do, you know, changing her whole way of, you know, and a lot of people do that when they're pregnant, they're like, Oh, I'm eating for two. I'm just going to eat whatever. And that's not the healthiest thing either. You still have to take good care of yourself and try to be healthy if that's something that's important to you. So maybe there is another side where he's, being extremely passive slash directly aggressive about his feelings of what's going on for her. And maybe she's making lifestyle changes in addition to being pregnant. I don't know. But it does seem like, and this is the type of thing that's like the hardest conversation to have. But I think at the end of it, they might be able to come out of it feeling closer for being able to discuss, like you said, the, you know, sort of the elephant in the room in a real way, not like, ah, I was joking. Like clearly, right. You know, there's more to it than just, I was joking. Either he's not attracted to her. He's afraid of hurting the baby. He's, you know, afraid of her body not coming back. He's afraid of, you know, not seeing his wife as sexual and whatever. There's something going on here, but he's not, you know, he's just saying I was joking, which is not helpful. Right. And not, not nice. getting to the root of it. Yeah. Right. And not nice. Clearly. So you would suggest just like saying how she feels again, seeing if he changes his tune or like. Yeah. I mean, I think it has to come up and it has to be like more of a conversation than just this hurt my feelings. I was joking. Like, or even if he was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. How do you really feel about this? Like we're married, we're having a baby. We're going to have to be able to have difficult conversations. Like, and she has to be able to tolerate his real response, which is, you know, whatever it is, I'm not sure. I'm just not feeling as sexually charged right now. And I, yeah, I'm, you know, and that's sometimes great conversations and I, she doesn't have to be his therapist and maybe he needs a therapist and, or she does becoming a parent is a huge life transition that I think a lot of people probably do need 
help with, but to be able to, maybe the conversation doesn't happen with her. Maybe it does happen with a therapist, but to have that conversation where she says, well, let's dig in a little bit. What are you really feeling? Are you afraid of me changing? Are you afraid of our sexual relationship changing? I don't know if he's capable of having that conversation, but that's the conversation that needs to happen. What is he afraid of? I right. Think there's some fear there. I feel like the best way to get someone to tell you what they're scared of is you start. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that she clearly has fears that he's, I'm scared. When you make those comments, it makes me feel really terrible because I feel, I already feel like you're not attracted to me and that makes me feel really insecure. Right. And I'm already having this baby and so much is changing and that's just like another thing that is making me feel really like, upset or anxious or worried or scared about the future and i think that like when you put it in terms of that if you have a caring partner they probably want to like they're more motivated to have that conversation because they want to like help you not feel bad right if yeah if there's if there's love there and i think there's also again bringing it up as sort of like i miss the sexual chemistry we used to have like i loved having sex with you i loved you know you know, when we did this or when we did that or whatever, like I really, I want to stay connected to you. And I feel like we're drifting away in that department. And that's, it's important to me because I really love that about our relationship. So kind of, you know, phrasing it in this way where maybe he can remember like, oh yeah, that was really fun. I really did like that. And I want to attend to this situation so we don't just right sliding down this hill to nowhere. Do you have any tips for like, how to bring that up in a way that does like when because again we're saying it now like removed from the situation not charged at all by it and i personally have, have struggled with bringing things up where i'm not like reacting in anger being yes. like you're really insensitive or you're really whatever and i do think it's difficult to like find the entry point because usually the entry point is when the comment is made mm-hmm. right <laughs> but when the comment is made it's almost the worst time to do it because now i'm like pissed off and i'm not going to be like expressing my feelings in a i feel hurt what kind right. of way i'm expressing them in like a you're an asshole kind of way right i agree with you she needs to do this in a place where she's able to you know, maybe this episode, even listening to the fact that it's not that he just is repulsed by her, it's that he's going through his own process of whatever that is. So she could take the sting of it out a little bit and stay cool and calm enough to be able to bring it up. Maybe she initiates sex and he's not into it. And that might be a moment to say, you know, let's talk about this. I've noticed a change. You know, this is how it makes me feel. I'm really curious I want to know what you're thinking and feeling like curiosity is a great way to open up this conversation instead of saying like, you're an asshole. You said this versus saying like, I've noticed a change. I want to know what's going through your head. I want to know how you're feeling. Please like talk to me about what's going on. This is how I feel. And I really want to know how you're feeling. But yeah, I mean, maybe if she feels very rejected, if he says no to sex, that might not be the best moment if she's not going to be like, you know, calm enough to have the conversation. But that's the hard part, right? When the waters are smooth, you don't want to rock the boat. Right. By bringing up the thing that's going to cause contention. And then when it, when the contention's already there, you don't want to amplify it. Right. So yeah, I do think it's difficult. But I mean, if that didn't work, I always find that threatening couples therapy usually for, gets the person <laughs> gets to moving. get them, gets them to, okay, let's have the couple, <laughs> just right. have the conversation. Yes. I actually do think that if you're like, because that amplifies 
when you say like, maybe we should talk to someone together about this, then that amplifies in the other person's mind how important it is to you. Right. Because it's not just like a passing thought. But if you're set, you're kind of like upping the ante of like how much this means to me. I haven't actually been to couples therapy, but I've like discussed the potential idea. You've threatened him with it many, many, many times. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) On occasion, it does, to me, it's almost like, this is not something that's just like irritating me right now. This Mm -hmm. is something that's like really bothers me that I've been thinking about a lot that is a serious thing for me that I really want to resolve that's very important for me to resolve. And so I think when you say that, the person's like, okay, like they're either like, okay, let's get someone to help us out with this or they are more open to, to again, taking it seriously and having a real discussion about Mm -hmm. it and getting through it on the other side. And like you said, it always brings... I think the two people closer when you're when you're letting your guard down and just feel like you can openly say how you feel. Right. Yeah. You just have to get over that hump of like, this is not going to be the easiest conversation and just do it. Just rip off the bandaid and have it. And I agree with you. It might be, you know, if he really is just like, oh, you're being you know, too sensitive. I didn't mean it like that. If she continues to get that response. And yeah, I think it might be good to say, well, look, let's make, I, I think we should talk to someone else. It seems like you really don't want to talk about it in this context. So like, I think we maybe need some help to, you know, talk with someone else. And then he might just be like, okay, fine. I'm either going to talk about this now, or I'm going right. to make an appointment pay. <laughs> and pay someone to talk about this. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a good, it's not a bad way if, if she's trying a bunch of times and he's avoiding the conversation to that point. But it's also, again, like I have said before, weddings, babies, these things bring up a lot of conflict that needs, it's coming up for a reason. It's like some underlying stuff that needs to be addressed before you get married or before you have a baby that like, there's going to be uncomfortable topics that you are going to have to be able to, you know, bust through your avoidance and have those conversations. And if you can kind of desensitize yourself to it now... While before the baby gets here, it's much easier to have this conversation now than it is when there's like screaming baby in the background or, you know, you're both exhausted and overtired or you have multiple kids. So now's the time to kind of, you know, practice the communication. It could potentially strengthen the relationship to a way that was like much stronger than before you even talked about it as opposed like you think it's going to be like, oh, we're like, people are like, oh, I don't want to admit that we have like an issue. Yes. But like if you admit it and you work through it, then it's actually like better than it was before you had the issue, supposedly. Yeah, 100% because I think what happens and then it also like expedites it because what happens is you start once you're talking about the issues and you're figuring out whether it's through couples therapy or just on your own what the patterned issues are. After a while, you don't even have to you're just like, oh, here it is again. We're doing that thing again that we always do you're feeling that way that you always feel. I'm feeling that way that I always feel. Here's how we've decided in the past is the best way to overcome that. And then you can just like wake yourselves up, get that reminder. We're falling back into old patterns and fix it versus, you know, it's not, once you start to notice it, you don't have to necessarily have the whole conversation every time. You just have to have like the reminder conversation. Oh, remember when you said you were going to try to do this? Well, now the opportunity. Right. You fell off the wagon and that's normal. You know, like when you're pushing someone against their natural tendencies, everyone's going to do the thing that their partner asks for the first few days after the fight or a few weeks or whatever. And then 
you tend to fall back into old patterns. And that doesn't mean you don't care. It just means maybe you need a little reminder and you come back. So the more you have these conversations, I think the easier they get and the faster you can resolve these situations. Right. And then like that also just makes you understand and know the person more. Yes. And that feels really good. Actually, that improves sex. That makes the whole relationship more fun when you feel really seen and understood and um, that your partner knows your insecurities and loves you anyway. Like that makes for amazing sex and amazing. That's a real connection. Yeah. And that's kind of like the thing. It's like if you anticipate I think I re- I think I heard this somewhere. I forget where, but it's like the ability to like anticipate the way that someone that you're with, like your partner is going to react is like true closeness is that's like almost like the highest form of knowing someone. Like mm-hmm. if I know something I say to you, like if I know how you're going to react in anything I say to you, that's like me actually knowing you. And then right. I can also like use that information to not necessarily edit yourself, but like Bring up topics in a way that's digestible for you or, right, you know. Totally. Although Jeff, Jeff will often say to me, so you knew how I was going to feel and you did it anyway. I'm like, oh, you're right. right. I did know how you were going to feel. I did do it anyway. The um, pitfalls of, of uh, marrying a therapist. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree that it does help you create that pause where you can stop and say, okay, I'm aware of how this person's going to feel and I have a choice of how I want to move forward. Right. And that's kind of like, I mean, like long-term relationships get so much shit for being like, you know, the bad parts of them. But the the best parts of them is that you're, you know what I mean? Like you, you know, this, this is like the devil, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, this person inside, you, you're past that stage where like, in some ways, like, oh, I'm constantly discovering how you react to new things. It's like, okay, like, I right. know, I already like. I've, I've been at this job a while. I know how things work right. around here. <laughs> right. And like, I can use that to my advantage to make everything like run really smoothly and go the way I want it to. And that's something that's like, I think a really cool part about a long-term relationship. Totally. Yep. And I think having these conversations is the way to get there. You know, you could be married. I, I've seen couples that are married for 30 years and they just have avoided these conversations. So they don't really know each other versus a couple that's been in therapy and talks through things and has these conversations and is able to talk non-defensively. Like you could just avoid ripping off that bandaid for 20, 20, 30 years, you know? Yeah. If both people really don't want to talk about it badly enough, that can kind of happen. And that's sort of the worst case scenario that you never, that you just have these like lingering resentments over the course of all these years that you just never have the, opportunity to to talk through yeah and you go through the relationship and you get along fine and you live your life but the connection the deep deep intimacy and all that is is not there without it so um, avoidance is powerful it can really you know take you through your whole life totally well this was a good ad for for couples therapy yeah (laughs) (laughs) unsponsored ad It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Should we get into our game? Yeah, let's play Triggered. Okay. Let's play a round of Triggered. In this game, we're taking your emails about feeling insulted or wronged, and I'm going to tell you just how offended you should be with the score of the grievance on a scale of 1 to 10, telling us just how offended you deserve to be. Again, if you have a Triggered situation, please email us. We don't have skin in the game, so we will tell you um, objectively if you are being oversensitive or if you deserve to be <laughs> triggered. Um, so email oversharing at batches.com with your triggered moment. All right. I'll read, I'll read the first one here. I consider myself very good with money and I'm normally the friend who pays the bill to get points, LOL. Then Venmo's everyone their share. We've done this as a group for so long. I usually do it without asking. Recently, via group chat, they all ganged up on me saying that I'm being controlling and judgy by always handling their money. Worst of all, they shared that they've always felt this way. I got so upset that I stopped talking with them all together. Am I being too sensitive? I'd give it a seven. Yeah. I think it's kind of, especially if you, if it's something that you've like prided yourself on, that's right. like the worst when right. you're like, right. I thought this was like, I was doing you guys all a favor and actually like. Right. And it makes her probably yeah. think back to all the dinners and all the things were behind their back. Maybe they're all looking at each other, like rolling right. their eyes about it that they haven't commuted. Like they've always felt this way. So that feels like there's been like, she's been, you know, that there's been some conversation behind her back. Right. Perhaps that doesn't feel good. Yeah. It's like the delusion and the idea that like someone's talking shit about you um, for this thing that you thought they'd be like, you thought was like praiseworthy. Right. 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 But uh, so on the flip side, I mean, yes, I agree. I agree with your ranking. I think it, I would be really hurt and I think I can understand why, but I also think it's a moment for her to reflect and realize that, you know, you can't assume that people want those decisions made for them just because you've done it two, three, four times. It's still worth asking, Hey guys, do you want me to put this on my card and you guys can Venmo me back? Like, I think there should be that conversation every time. So I think it's an opportunity for her not just to get offended and defensive and feel bad, but to reflect and say, yeah, you know what? That probably wasn't, you know, the right way to handle it. Or, and next time, if you don't want me to do that, I would love for you to just tell me sooner. Probably. I didn't know. We could totally. say, I, had no, I, I had no idea that you guys like didn't want me to do that. Like, please, next time, let me know like as soon as it happens so that I'm not continuously doing something to annoy you. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I'm, you know, that's actually a really good point that, you know, again, communication, somebody should have jumped up and said, oh, you know what? I'm going to put it on my card today. Or you know what? I want to pay cash right. or whatever it is. Like somebody should have popped up and said, I feel differently about this or I want this handled a different way. So yeah. I agree. And that makes it feel like, oh, you're like the end of like the running joke that like this is yeah. what you do and you have completely not to your knowledge. And I think everyone probably has a quirk about them that other people like kind of talk about that they're either aware yes. of or not aware of that. And that to me is not that big of a deal. It's kind of like what you say behind my back is none of my business. Um, yeah. <laughs> <in some sense. laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I, and look, but, they, you're right. They should have said it sooner. 
and, you know, just like controlling and judgy. So I do think as much as this is offensive, it's a good point for her to look at what do they mean by why, how is she being right. judgy about their money? And that's a good point. What's the judgment element? Yeah. yeah. I would wonder. Like maybe she, you know, she decide, you know, how, what they spend their money on or so. I think that's a good point for reflection, but yeah, that's not nice to know that your whole group of friends has, have been feeling yeah. one way. Um, but I don't think you need to drop them. And I think you could also say like, I'm sorry if I ever felt yes. like, like I was, you know, overextending my hand here. I actually thought that like I was being helpful. And if I'm not, that's totally fine. We can do it a completely different way. But like next time, just I would appreciate if you told me that. Yep. I don't earlier. think this needs to turn into whatever she said. Like I'm, I've stopped talking to them. I think this is a perfect opportunity for her to acknowledge her piece in it. Ask for some better communication right. on their end. And then, and then move on. Move on. Yep. Agreed. All right. Let's do another one. My childhood friend is getting married in a few months and her younger brother has asked if he can propose to his longtime girlfriend at the reception. My friend obviously said hell no and that he can do it literally any other time. This is her and her fiance's day, not his. She is holding her ground, but now her family is saying that she is being selfish. Is she in the wrong for being upset that her brother and family are asking? I'll leave this one. I mean, give me your rating. You just got married. So how would you feel? I'm the person who's getting married. And my, I would give this like an eight or a nine mm-hmm. um, on like how annoying it would be. It's like kind of like I wouldn't be like triggered by it. Like this is like, I guess, is annoyed the same thing as triggered? No, I think triggered is more like this is hurting my soul and my right. heart. You know, like yeah. this is creating like a. Oh, no, I think this would annoy anyone, to be totally honest. Like, to me, this is like would be like universally annoying. And again, only because I'm very fresh off of the idea of like knowing how much like time and money and energy is spent planning this day for someone to like co-opt it into being about them would be like, I think, annoying for anyone. Like, I would get over it if this happened. But if someone asked me beforehand, I would definitely say no. Like, if it just happened, I'd be like, I wouldn't, like, break down and run out of the room and, like, ruin the whole night. But if someone asked me before, I would definitely say, like, I would rather you not. Right. Or the way she said, literally any other time. Like, even if it was, like, four hours before the reception or, you know, after the reception was over or, like, literally any other time. Um, The only worst thing would be during the actual ceremony. Totally. <laughs> and I think the reasons for that are just like extremely valid. And I'm surprised that the family is not self-aware enough. Yeah. I right? think the people at the reception would almost be like appalled at the fact right. that this was happening at the reception. Totally. I think you could say like, I don't think, I think the guests would like think ill of you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, I, and I think that's actually true. Like you might not get the like, I want like wouldn't you want this day to be about you like the day that you get engaged don't you want that day to be about you like you're doing it on a day that's not about you yeah and you might not get the enthusiasm that you might get from a different right time especially any women in there that are about to get married or have recently gotten married or have gotten married ever in their life would probably be (laughs) looking at this like that is not cool and I'm not going to be as you know, effusive about my feelings of joy for them as I would be if this happened literally any other time. Totally. Um, And if they are selfish enough to not have any concern about what that would be about your day, you could make it about them in that way of like, right. No one's going to (laughs) like, when all else fails, shame them. Exactly. Um, 
Did you give this a number? I'm just curious. I think I said eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. And yeah. again, I don't think it's trigger because I do think the idea of like a trigger is like, I don't think I'm like, I'm not even like, oh, I'm this huge wedding person. I need to be the center of attention. Like if I think that that would be an instance where it would be like triggering mm-hmm. because not everyone needs to be the center. Some people need to be the center of attention or they have a thing about like their wedding day in particular, which I don't think I am. Right. But I think anyone on any scale of any bride, even if she was like the most low key bride, which I would say you were probably like up there and like I'm low key, like I'm not right. like, an attention whore. Right. I don't need like everything to be about me. But I think you, anyone would be annoyed. I would not have wanted that. Yep. I yes. actually wouldn't have cared if it was like the day before or the day after, but like during the actual reception. Yeah, um, that's yeah. absurd. Yeah, absurd. All right, we'll do one more? Yes. All right. My husband keeps getting upset that I call our dogs my babies. He says that it's creepy and lashes out every time I mention it. Neither of us want kids, but my boyfriend says that the dogs are pets, not kids, and there's a difference. I do admit I might take it overboard sometimes, but mostly as a joke. Should I be offended? Um. I would say I'd give this like a three. I don't think it's that offensive that he doesn't want you to call them your babies personally. I would, I think it would annoy me a little bit if I were the husband. Right. Yeah. You know, I obviously I'm a therapist. My take on this is that maybe there's something underlying, which is why it's triggering for her. And it sounds like it's triggering for him actually. Right. More so than her almost. Yeah. It sounds like he's getting triggered by her calling the dogs the babies, which is just funny. I mean, people do that, but I think he's getting triggered by because maybe he thinks she's changing her mind. Yeah. Um, or maybe he's changing his mind. Maybe there's some more conversation that needs to be had. On the surface, I don't think this is super offensive, but if there's some underlying stuff that's not being spoken right. about, I could see why. Like if they had kids and they had a dog and he was just like, it's annoying when you say that I don't like like it. I think that'd be different than I agree. Like the almost the fact that they don't that they supposedly don't want kids is probably what's making this whole like thing amplified. He's like, well, I didn't want a baby. And now you're saying babies or right. something like that. Like, or maybe he feels almost like um I don't like more of an in front of other people thing, you know, like she's that could be like. It. They don't want babies, but she's like pretending that she has babies and maybe he just thinks it's like not a good look or something in front of other people. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's embarrassing for him if that happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think this is more his issue, to be honest. I don't know if she wants, you know, I feel bad. If she wants to call them her babies, you know. I guess. Well, what do you do if your partner keeps saying something that's annoying to you, even if they think it's cute? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I say this to my kids. I, there's this constant thing in my house where my kids are just trying to annoy each other. That's like a sibling thing. Right. So I'm constantly debating between do I tell the one kid to just like brush it off and ignore it? Or do I tell the other kid, they told you this is annoying, just stop it. So like, I should right. probably not be getting involved at all and just let them figure it out. But I usually go towards like, you know, it's annoying her. Just stop saying it. Yeah, you know? right. And if you, if it stopped annoying them, the other person would probably stop saying it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Although I don't know if that's the case with married couples. You'd imagine it's they're like a little more mature than that. But right. Yeah, I wonder if she's saying it like more to like irritate him or something. But um, yeah, I mean, just if it's annoying him, 
I would just stop saying it. And if she if she doesn't want to stop saying it, then there's you yeah, know, there's more to talk about here. Or she could say it when he's not around. <laughs> Someone else get it out of your system. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we uh, I think we solved these people's problems. All right. That's our time. Great work today. Oversharing is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Salz McCann. Editing by Vasilio Perez. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Send your advice emails to oversharing at betches.com or leave us a voicemail at 646 363 6294. Betches.